evening. This is uh, Girls Must Talk with Mrs. Gertz, another program. And today we have a special guest that um, uh, is going to tell us a little bit about the beauty of the Jewish woman throughout, um, throughout the Torah and the survival of the Jewish people. Her name is Bracha Mendelbaum, and hi, good evening, Bracha. For some people, we say good evening. For some, we say good afternoon, and for others, good morning. How are you today, oh, Bracha? Yes. yes. <laughs> you, they're hearing us from different uh, uh, parts of the world, so that's why we want to say good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Okay, so Bracha has um, very interesting um, things that she's going to tell us about the value of the Jewish woman throughout the our existence as women. Okay, Bracha, so please uh, let us know a little bit. Um, well, we know we we have heard Bracha in the past, Bracha. Uh, is a very interesting um, uh, person. She's lived through a lot. Um, she is uh, has told us a little bit of story uh, since um, the Second World War, and now she's living uh, from New York all the way to Jerusalem. We had that program, so she's going to continue now to talk about the Jewish woman. Okay, good evening. Bracha, how are you? Baruch Hashem, which means thank God. And good to hear your voice, uh, Mrs. Gertz, Shoshana. And I'm happy if I can share some thoughts that are so much on my heart and mind, and also that I have put a lot of time in my life in developing and doing exhibits and writing and sharing as a teacher and as a, I don't like that word, but entertainer, like presenting stories and songs to Jewish women in many places all over the world. And here I am looking out at the hills of Yerushalayim, Jerusalem. The lights are sparkling all over. I see the sight where the third temple will soon, we hope, be built. Amen. And at the time, and of it, we're living, seems to be in a lot of turmoil right now. And with all my experience, even from the Second World War, there's never been a time when the whole entire world is involved since that Second World War, except it's a different kind of war. And I feel it's a war between truth and confusion and chaos and falsehood and corruption. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing now is that the truth is coming out because the corruption is coming out. Mm -hmm. So what we want to see and what I want to bring out is that I, as a Jewish woman who grew up in a family where I was never given to feel that there was something that I could not do if I wanted to, Aside from the fact that I always wanted to be a mother and have a family and a happy marriage like my parents did for 67 years. Oh, we almost made it as long as Queen Elizabeth. But it's so fascinating to, to study and learn into the details 
of the parts that we as women, being women, being proud to be women, and with all our gifts and talents in many ways, contributed to the fact that the Jewish people are still here and the character of the Jewish people is still something to be so proud of and that the world looks on us and wonders how did we make it through all this, all the persecution and the turmoil turmoil in the wars and, the, and yet we remained with our character and it's something a little bit beyond chicken soup and whatever different kinds of special dishes Jewish people and different, uh, uh, you know, cultural bagel and, and bagel and cheesecake. Yeah. What? Go ahead. I say also the bagel and che- that. bagel and cheese. That's also. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you were going to tell us a little bit uh, of. No, I so because of. Because of this, and then living in this world where suddenly women in general all over the world are standing up and say, wait a minute, I'm a woman. I want to be treated nicely. I don't want to be treated like a second-class citizen or that I, I can't uh, work at some any profession that I feel is important if it's not uh, hurting anybody, you know, some contribute to society in the workplace and all that. So I wanted to say there's an expression that I really pulled out of Jewish, uh, out of special education. It's a famous expression they use called labeling is disabling. And I thought today that um, labeling, I'm a Jewish woman, that's a great label because our legacy as Jewish women are the backbone, is being the backbone of the Jewish people the survival of the Jewish people, the inheritance of the Jewish people, and even being Jewish mm-hmm. alone depends on the woman. Because in order for a person to be identified as a Jew, they have to show they have and prove. Boy, what I, I actually had to prove when I came here uh, two and a half years ago that I was Jewish and I have 13, 13 descendants living in Israel besides all around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 descendants calling me grandmother, grandmother, and great-grandmother and I still had to pull out a paper to prove it <laughs> and it had to say I'm Jewish. Now that also applies according to our laws and our tradition that we do not look to say that anybody has to be a Jew. You can be a good, honorable, decent, God-loving person from any culture, any language all over the world. And women do generally have a very special role to play in family and society. But the Jewish women are phenomenal in the fact that we never had to prove that it was okay to be a woman. We never had to prove that if we wanted to be a nurse or a doctor or an engineer or a musician or you throw out the things you want or a physicist or a mathematician. or And we made those contributions from the very beginning of the founding of our people. Hmm. And at the same time, the home is the essence of who we are and what proves it is the way the Torah is set up, the Torah meaning our Bible, our five books of Moses. I'm not sure who's listening. Uh, it doesn't have to be just women listening, but I'm addressing this really from the heart of 
a Jewish mother over here. A woman's Jewish women, girls, mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's that, and I welcome questions and opinions and feedback from anyone from any background. And at the end of the yeah. program, we will be giving So, okay, so tell us a little bit. Uh, if well, so someone, I want to start with the, who we generally call the first Jewish woman. Correct. All our people began with basically three families. Mm-hmm. Abraham, mm-hmm. now we have the Abraham Accords that most the whole world heard, hears about. Mm-hmm. I heard a news program coming from India praising the Abraham Accords. And, we call in Hebrew Avraham, meaning the father of a great nation. But then we had also his wife, Sarah, and they worked as partners from the beginning. She was 15 when she married Avraham. He was 10 years older. And right away, they worked as completely equal partners, except for one particular time. When in the uh, part of the Bible you call Genesis, Bereshit, they had a little argument about who this other son, Yishmael, was. Did he belong staying at home with this other son that was born, Yitzhak, Isaac, at a very old age? Or should he be sent away? Mm-hmm. And they were having an argument because Abraham's point of view was keep him here. Even he knew that he was a bad influence. Mm-hmm. And Sarah thought further than him. And it's really a cute thing. In my mind, it's really funny because the way I, I hear it in my mind is they're having this disagreement. Mm-hmm. Family arguments, and it's written out right there in our Torah. And suddenly it says, God appears to Abraham. And he says, Avraham, how I hear it, Avraham, and Avraham answers, as he always did, Hineni, I'm here, mm-hmm. and he said, Avraham, whatever Sarah says, you listen to her voice, and she won the argument, so to speak, it turned out to be the correct decision, but um, till today, more than uh, 4,000 years from then, 4,000 years, the tradition and the law in our family life and in our with our people is that the Jewish woman has a main say on how the children are raised and educated, and you have to listen to her. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to say this is only an introduction, right. which I hope I can continue telling you a little bit in depth about many, many great Jewish women that should give you great pride Correct. and um, mm-hmm. strength and encouragement saying, I have this in me, it's in my DNA, it's in my heart, it's in my soul, I'm coming from Sarah and Abraham to be able to stand against the tide to be able to stand for truth and goodness and the reality of the creator against all odds Mm -hmm. the whole jewish people began with this couple 
and she was teaching the women, it says, and he was teaching the men, because people began to hear about Abraham before God ever, before that argument, when God spoke to him. Many years went by when Abraham and Sarah were just teaching, there's a creator, we have to thank him, we have to treat each other decently, and we have to follow the, the laws of a, of a good and beautiful world, and way before that time that God ever even spoke to Abraham, he just followed that instinct and the rest of the world who heard about him, who were looking for truth, they somehow found themselves traveling across the world to find that little camp of Abraham and Sarah somewhere buried in this um, Far East desert, or we call this Middle East, I'm sorry, Middle East desert. Mm -hmm. And they found their way here, and they wanted to know. And there were two schools, in a sense, uh, two groups, the men's group and the women's group, because of modesty, because a woman knows how somehow better sometimes to talk to a woman, and a man knows how to talk to a man. That's one reason. Right. And they developed a lot of followers, and one of those followers was later became part of that argument we spoke about, mm -hmm. was the princess from mm -hmm. Egypt. Right. She was the daughter of the king of Egypt, of Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. And she said, I would rather be, um, what do we call it, Shoshana, a maidservant? A maidservant, and Sarah, what? Yeah, yeah. She rather she rather be I with him. I want to be just a plain servant in the house of Abraham and Sarah than right. in the palace of my father. She was looking for truth. She was a great woman, yes. but it takes a lot to become in the shoes where you really see God in every aspect of your life, and that's the Jewish women that all through our um, 4,000 years 4, were yes. bringing home principles of a good home and family, of love of husband and wife, of bringing godliness into your house through kindliness and, and unity that you show your husband and your children, of, of being honest and decent and kind and helpful in observing in every way how God made this incredible, beautiful, miraculous world. But I want to say one or two things, and I know my time may be up. You, you that is beginning been. with Sarah, and we call her Sarah Imeno, Sarah, our mother, because one thing that Jews feel, whether or not they entered the Jewish people on their own and studied the laws and became a Jew, or they were born from a Jewish mother, either one, but in fact, it's very admirable if somebody does that, but it's not required. Mm, However, right. we had seven women who were prophetesses. Everybody hears about the men prophets, but the Jewish women prophets are also quite well known and quite famous, most of them. Yes. And, um, so, and Sarah was the first. Hmm. Rivka's not the, the, the next wife of Yitzchak, a boy born at the age of 90 to Sarah. Hmm. 
his wife was a great, great, incredible woman, mm-hmm. but not but not considered exactly a prophet, yet she had moments of prophecy or we would not be here today. Mm-hmm. All through these 4,000 years, there's incident after incident where if the Jewish woman had not stepped in, we would not be here today. Yeah. So you wanted, Sarah you said chose, two, you said that there were seven. So one was Sarah. Those were the prophets, but there's many great Jewish women who are, who are also responsible for a pivotal role right. in the Jewish, I didn't want to use the word history. People don't like that You're word. Life, life. In the whole history of our, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I was a history teacher and I know. Yes. And my job was to show that history is very exciting, and I'll try to do that. Yeah. But I did, I did a photo exhibit mm-hmm. of showing how the Jewish women today are really the embodiment of the living embodiment of the heart, soul, and 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 behavior of the Jewish women from these great women of the past. Mm-hmm. And these women, in a sense, are with us today because we just, well, like, we love to entertain guests. Mm-hmm. Someone comes in, we want to make them too comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes, we put, they said they had enough, we put an extra portion on their plate and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Also, the, um, the, uh, with the giving of the Torah Mount Sinai, it becomes like a written contract. Mm-hmm. And in that contract, it says, when we observe our different holidays and the Sabbath to commemorate creation every seven days, that the main celebration is in the home. And hopefully, you know, once a woman has a home of her own, that's where, it's, where she celebrates. That's where her husband comes. If you want to light, you know, about the holiday of Hanukkah. Most everybody heard of Hanukkah because it comes in the in the winter time, you know, when there's yes. also a Christian holiday and other right. holidays. Mm-hmm. But Hanukkah, we light this beautiful candelabra to commemorate the miracles that happened. That the, and these were, men, were the men, but the women had a tremendous role in, in winning with the Maccabees. However, um, so all I want to say is, unless you light the menorah in your home, you really have not fulfilled the mitzvah, right. the commandment of how do we keep this holiday? How do we keep Shabbos? We light the candles in our home. Well, there are exceptions. Somebody you don't yet, you're not yet married, you don't have a home of your own. Someone invites you to share the Sabbath with them. And if you're going to sleep there, you light your candles. I'm just giving a, a little example of different how we keep these laws. But most every celebration, every commemoration, every commandment focuses on our home. Because as much as we're waiting for the famous holy temple that most people in the world have heard about, we had the first one 410 years second one 420 years mm-hmm. and the third one that will be forever yes. and it much is all a very very important commandments and um and and what, what how do we call it 
ways of serving God in this holy temple itself. Yes. Each Jewish home is called a mikdash ma'at, a, a miniature holy temple. And every Jewish woman is like the Kohen, the high priestess of her home. Mm -hmm. She sets the tone. She brings the light in for Shabbat. What I want to talk about next week is mm -hmm. with names and uh, uh, rough estimates of the time, although I can look up and tell you exact times, yes. and I have to take out a, a safer, and I didn't memorize all those dates. No, it's not important. But I have a timeline in my mind. If not for the Jewish woman, there would be no Jewish people today. Because Sarah thought that Isaac had to be the one to follow. Rivka, her daughter-in-law, saw that Yaakov, Jacob, had to be the one to carry on these Jewish principles. And the, the, um, the tone that the woman sets for the home and the family and the behavior of the children determines the character of the Jewish people till today. So I just I'll, I'll, I'll end with the most recent prophetess, although um, I have okay. a very dear friend that I'm learning Torah with on the phone for 36 years. Beautiful. She called to tell me the name of her greatest grand, uh, her latest great granddaughter was born, and she got a name today. Ooh. Her name was Dora Leah. Yeah, how beautiful. So, now, yes. uh, next time I want to tell you about Devorah Leah, but she was not the Devorah who has actually was a prophetess and does have a, uh, a part of the Torah that we read in the synagogue uh, around the time when the Jews crossed through the Red Sea at that point in the Torah, mm -hmm. because it's a parallel that she was leading the Jews in war. The general refused to go to war without her, and yet she was also a judge and a prophetess, and she kept her her modest and uh, uh, unassuming behavior in spite of it, but if she hadn't gone, the general says, I can't go out unless you're there. He felt the strength of her personality would help to win the or have the morality of the soldiers and so on. Beautiful. So, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. But, but Devorah Leah was not her name. Devorah Leah is someone who lived over 200 years ago and is responsible for the fact that we still have a Chabad Hasidim mm -hmm. live and vibrant and all over the world today trying to reach out to our fellow Jew and anybody who needs help. Yeah, also the and Noah, uh, for the Noahide uh, laws. Yes. Everyone. Anyone that is looking for truth, uh, you know, you can find it. You know, the seven Noahide laws uh, that we encourage, we encourage strongly to have them follow. If you remember uh, what those seven laws are, is you want me to say that now? Yes, this is coming from the fact that in Genesis chapter 9, yes. when Noah, the Noah and the flood, you know, God's in the flood, yes. flooding, everybody knows that. 
Yes, and he was not gonna. He was money, money. Exactly, exactly. One of the first things he saw was the rainbow. The rainbow had never been seen before in the world. And those seven colors were signs of the seven, um, you know, when we say commandments, I must tell you it's a very bad translation of the word from Hebrew. It really means connection. Um, it means a bond. Yes. It means when God says you should do this or you should not do that, it is how he shows us how much he loves us. Mm-hmm. Like a parent who loves a child and wants them to be safe and well, and they they make sure they eat the right foods, and they don't cross the street when the light is red, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is, God is, uh, I was learning that, in fact, today and yesterday in our Holy Book of Hasidus called the Tanya. It is all about how the laws God gave us is like a kiss between uh, God and us, how much he loves us. It says even he embraces us with telling us, here's this world, here's the truth, here's how you could behave or you aim to behave. So it could become a peaceful and harmonious world between all peoples forever. That's our goal. And and this is what God said to, he said to Noah, I'm translating, I hereby, when he showed the rainbow, this is his covenant. Everybody remembers the part that means he won't flood the world again. Not all the world, but I'm afraid there's sometimes smaller floods. But he said, I, I hereby renew my covenant. So what's renew? If it's like I'll never send a flood again, renew is that even from the creation of the world, Adam, Adam knew there were basic laws of decent behavior between man and man, and some between man and respecting the creator. And those seven laws... Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more detail, but I'm summarizing very roughly. Yes. Those seven laws were designed that should be always peace and harmony and love and kindness for everyone in the world. And mm-hmm. this is what Jews long for. Mm-hmm. We always seem like we're escaping and protecting ourselves and defending our little bit of land here, which is true. But the goal is that I respect my land, I respect your land, mm-hmm. we respect each other. And, you know, so this is what the, what's going, the turmoil now is that truth and light will come up to the top. Mm-hmm. So, and it's what's happening. I know I have a lot of friends that I speak to, and we upset not just the pandemic, but the corruption in different governments that's going on and, yeah. and the history of, of the tyrannical governments is they never last forever. Right, they have a, they have a, a right, because they're evil and because they don't, they're not based on truth. So we should not even, you know, even be frightened about it. We should, we, we should see how it unfolds. 
But like it says yeah. in one of the Tehillim, you know, uh, as as soon you see them that it they unfold, then we are we will understand that they will fall because they cannot be sustained. The the world is sustained by the Almighty um, God and not by right. any man-made. Most of these regimes, I, I think you could point out that every one of these regimes that turned out being tyrannical, whether you call it totalitarianism or dictatorships or communism, the one of the main reasons they destroyed is they each one presents themselves like they are God. Yeah. It yeah. is very funny. Yeah. Even begin with Pharaoh. Right. In Egypt, right. where the Jews were slaves for 400 years. Exactly. And this is incredible that that's an incredible part of our formation as a people, that we got out of that and became a people that care and love each other, and we all related back to Sarah and Abraham. Right. But that's the so... Mm -hmm. said, I don't see the name of God in my book. The one you're talking about, he, he had a book with all the names of God in the world. That's what he said. And when we hear, when we hear it, even Jewish children, they laugh because in the end, Paro kept saying, "Oh, I think I believe in that God, that that God that you told me about when he was climbing out of the Red Sea and had lost." everything that he had to see with his eyes the truth. Mm -hmm. But okay, I'm jumping from things yeah, to say. No, so we will continue. We will, will go on from Sarah and, and, and tell you more. Let yes. me just say the most famous that uh, the whole world basically has heard about her but they don't re maybe realize she's considered a prophetess Yes. and that when they with the who everybody in the world is waiting for Messiah, however they just define it, a world of peace led by a man of peace, right. and that uh, that when that time comes, now we have so many Torah books based on God's revelations and on prophets, and King David's prayers, right. but. It says, I, I just found this out recently, even though it was one of my favorite people, yes. is Esther, the oh, Queen yes. Esther, yes. whose real name was Hadassah. But, Hadassah. you know, if you know the whole story, you know, that happens to be my middle name, Hadassah. Oh, but anyway, yes. Yes. But the thing is, it says, we'll only have two books on our bookshelf. Now, if you go to any house of a scholar or almost any Jewish house, you see it full of Jewish books, whether they're from the original Bible or explaining the Bible. Mm -hmm. All kinds of things, the Bible stories and uh, the meaning of all the different holidays, everything. But it says the main two books that will be left that that will still have the biggest significance in the future when everything will be at peace is what we call our five books of Moses. We call mm -hmm. it the Chumash. We call it the Torah, mm -hmm. the written Torah. And now many people call it something else. Right, <laughs> right, right. And the other book will be the, the book of Esther. Mm 
she dictated and she wrote when she nearly lost her life and with her cleverness managed to save the entire Jewish people. Beautiful, beautiful bracha. Thank you very much. We will continue. We will continue. If you have any, any questions or you want to learn with Bracha uh, Mendelbaum, she has so much richness in, like she says, you know, she doesn't like to use the world history, but in, in the beautiful values of of the of our five books, Homer's um, or we call it Torah, where you want to ask her any questions, you want to learn with her. So, Braha, could you be so kind to tell us what is your email so they can send you information? Um, I will tell you, but I was going to make a new one that it will be just for this particular program. Okay, so do you want next time, but, uh, you tell me if you want it now or in the next right time? Right now, you have an address for Okay, so uh, yes, if if you want more uh, information, please write to us, uh, girlsmusttalk at gmail.com and with Mrs. I'm sorry, I repeat, uh, girlsmusttalk with Mrs. Gertz at gmail.com. And like this, we can, um, you know, forward all your the information that you want to Bracha Mendelbaum, which she is really a special jewel that Hashem has brought to uh, Jerusalem. So we say good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and we will uh, see you next time. We will have a series about the Jewish woman throughout her life of the Jewish woman from before and the one today. Okay, thank you very much, Bracha. A pleasure to speak with you. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Shoshana. And make sure everybody knows that if you had not been at my house in California helping me pack, I would have never made it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we needed to be. From California to Jerusalem. All the best. Thank you.